Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent interviews we've had on JM and the AM. Ambassador Danny Danone has a brand new book, In the Lion's Den. We had an opportunity to speak with him on JM and the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. JM and the AM Sphere of Format Wednesday here at, um, at JM and the AM. And thanks so much for joining us, everybody. And I told you that uh, we have a special guest who's going to be joining us you're in the 7 o'clock hour, and uh, anybody who is uh, even an occasional listener of this broadcast over the last few years knows that one of our favorite guests is Ambassador Danny Danone. The brand new book is entitled In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. The forward is done by Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina and former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. And uh, Danny Danone... Uh, has written this book. It's fascinating. It's a fascinating read, um, a real insider's view of so much that's going on, and we get an opportunity to ask him about uh, those years that he writes about and uh, about what's happening in Israel today. And there are a lot of questions about what's going on in Israel today. Danny Danone served as Israel's 17th permanent representative to the United Nations. We know it as the ambassador of Israel to the UN and currently serves as chairman of the World Likud He is author of the brand new book, In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. Mr. Ambassador, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Great to speak with you again, Nahum. Uh, Congratulations on the book. Um, It's really a fascinating read. I hope everybody out there uh, gets it and enjoys it as much as I have. Why did you write the book? Why did you take the opportunity to tell this amazing story at this time? And Nahum, after five very long years at the UN, I felt that I, I have to tell the story what really uh, happened behind the scenes, who was supporting Israel, who was fighting against us, uh, and to learn the lessons for the future about advocacy, about taking a stand for Israel. And that's why I took the time and effort to, to continue with the efforts of, of for showing the real face of Israel. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, in the book, I reveal many behind the scenes moments you know, when you deal with uh, world leaders and, and you work with them, uh, there are a lot of things that you, you, you can learn. And also, you know, I, I was uh, honored to take part in, in very important moments, whether it's moving the embassy to Jerusalem, uh, the Abraham Accords. Uh, so I, I tell the stories, what, what really happened in order to achieve those great, great victories. Uh, you're also in the U.N. for the most difficult moments for a representative of Israel to the U.N., which we'll discuss in a few minutes. What's it like being in, a, in an institution like that, an institution that many of us you know, wonder why it even needs to exist, and an institution that, that you know, spends a lot of time criticizing Israel? Uh, it, it can't feel very neighborly. It can't feel uh, very welcome. It can't be a very welcome feeling walking the halls of the U.N., advocating for Israel. What is that experience? Like, well, uh, you know, I, I picked the title in the Lions Den. You know, Daniel in the Bible spent one night <laughs> in the Lions Den, <laughs> right. and I spent five years. <laughs> and uh, indeed, you know, there were very hard moments. You know, my I always will remember the the day where I was in the Security Council by myself uh, when uh, President Obama pushed a resolution before he left office to condemn yep. Israel. Yep. Uh, and and you know, that was the hardest moment in my public life. Uh, but I realized that we will prevail, and we did. And that's what uh, happened. And, and for me, it was very important to tell the story about what really happened um, regarding that resolution. You know, for the sake of uh, of truth and history, 
Uh, I think it's important that people will understand uh, what happened. Uh, and uh, it wasn't an easy moment for Israel. But look where we are today. And one of the and Ambassador Danny Danone is with us. The book is called In the Lion's Den. And one of the reasons it was such a difficult moment is because it was unprecedented, right? There was never a time that the U.S. would not uh, utilize its veto power uh, for a resolution like that, correct? Well, uh, you know, I was used to fight the Palestinians, the, the EU, uh, the U.N. institutions, but then I was fighting also the U.S. Yeah. On the of Israel. So that, that was very hard for me. And also the way it was done, not only the language of the resolution, but that actually worked behind the scenes. So uh, what I did, you know, minute after the resolution passed, I, I exposed uh, the administration uh, and I told the story about uh, their involvement in, in drafting the resolution and securing the vote for that resolution. Um, you, you must have felt to a degree that you didn't have much to lose in that situation because the, the, the relationship in general between the Obama administration and the is, Israeli administration and those who advocate for Israel was so tenuous at that time. Did you feel that you were, that you sort of had nothing to lose and you may as well just, you know, put all the information out there for everybody to know? Actually, on the contrary, you know, I reveal in the book that we did good things with the Ambassador Samantha Powell at the right. UN. Right. And before the vote, I told her, Samantha, nobody will remember what we did here. You know, people will remember the legacy of your service at the UN will be this shameful resolution. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. You yeah. know? Uh, but we, we, before we were able to work together, you know, we, you cannot compare between the time when the Ambassador Haley stepped in. That was much easier for us. You know, we, we, I, we did a lot of things. We played offense. We passed resolutions. Uh, and uh, I think it was a, a great uh, part uh, of the history of Israel at the UN. Uh, but also with Samantha Powell, we were able to achieve a lot. Not that the book is completely about her, although I was really impressed by her forward, frankly. Um, what is it about uh, Nikki Haley? Why is it that she has such an affinity toward Israel and the Jewish people? Uh, she, she's a great friend, and I'm sure she will continue to support us in, in, the future, in her future positions. Uh, you know, when she came to the UN, she loved Israel, uh, but she never been to Israel. So I took her to Israel, and the minute she came, you know, she 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 fell in love with the people. Uh, she learned so much about the challenges. Uh, immediately when we came back to New York, we started to to fight by, to fight against the the lies and to change uh, what's happening at the UN. And we were very successful uh, because we we had no fear and we cooperated, uh, and we proved that we can win even in a hostile place like the UN. For example, Nahum, we put a resolution on the floor to condemn Hamas in the General Assembly. Right. Uh, that was a great moment for us. Uh, and every time we, we agreed that we, we cannot you know, take out the anti-Israel resolution, but can we, we, we add other things to the agenda. You know, you write about uh, Israel being on the offensive and Israel, you know, fighting fighting the battle alone if it needs to. You, you, you know, you, 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 write, you write as a proud Jew, frankly, and as a proud Israeli in terms of how you think that they should approach, how Israel should approach the world. With that in mind, in your opinion, is the UN necessary? Is the, you know, for those of us who wonder if there's a legitimacy to the organization and whether it needs to exist, it, would we be better off, would the state of Israel be better off if, if such a body would not be around? I think you want to have the UN around, but you want uh, the UN to focus on its original uh, causes. Uh, it's not happening today, but you know they can support a lot of uh, humanitarian crisis. They can promote dialogue between nations. Uh, a lot of things they can deal with, it's not happening because unfortunately 
uh, you know, you have bad actors that uh, kidnap the UN and they take it uh, to the wrong place. So I, I would say, yes, we want the UN, but not the way it's acting today. I mean, some of the things when you, when you see who's on the Human Rights Council, when you see which countries are, are, you know, given a pass when it comes to international, uh, episodes. I mean, you know, Russia and Ukraine is a good example. And, and, and then of course, when we see the, uh, the contrast of how Israel is treated and how there's a moral equivalence given to quote unquote both sides, there may not be a place outside of the media. There may not be a place that gives more equivalence, uh, and balance to the situation between Israel and the PA, <coughs> excuse me, or Israel and terrorists, more than the UN. It's got to be a very frustrating feeling when you're when you're always behind the eight ball, so to speak, in an, in a forum like that. Indeed, in, in the book, you know, in the line of then, I give a lot of advice and tools for people who advocate for Israel how to deal with the hostile environment. You know, I want a student to go to a university to know that he can actually make a change. So, you know, one of the things I explained about, you know, using facts, you know, and that's what I did. You know, I, I brought a lot of, a lot of information into the discussions. Uh, and, you know, the, those who are anti-Israel, they don't care about the facts. But the majority of the players, they are not knowledgeable. So once I presented intelligence material that I brought from the IDF, I, I could actually change the narrative you so know it's a marathon you have to wake up every morning right. to continue with this fight now i hear that but you, you know that the college campuses have have gotten even worse in the short time that you've you know since you've been at the un in the last couple of years it's gotten it's gotten much more difficult for those who advocate for israel to exist peacefully on college campuses uh, i know that and i, and I think we, we have to continue to empower them and and uh, i think that you know um uh, Whoever fights for Israel, at the end of the day, he gets the benefits of becoming a stronger advocate, a stronger leader, a stronger citizen. So the book also deals a lot with, with advocacy. You know, I tell my story how I started my public service at a very young age, and how it gave me the strength to, to get to, to the government, to the Knesset, and eventually also to the UN, and, and to, to get to very important positions at the UN. I got elected to become the first Israeli to chair a UN committee. Uh, against all odds. Right. So I think even if you are a campus student uh, and you think whether you should get engaged or not, if you do it, you, know, you don't do it only for Israel or the Jewish people, you're also building your own character. The um, uh, Ambassador Danny Danone is with us. The book is called In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World, a forward by Nikki Haley. Great book. It's a Wicked Sun publication. I'm sure it's on Amazon and everywhere else where you buy your books, everybody. I'm highly recommending it. In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. The author is Danny Danone. All right, you mentioned the Knesset. I, I can't resist but ask you about some of the things that are going on today. Um, what are your thoughts as you see a very delicate and soft coalition continue to exist in Israel, even though uh, the coalition lost what would have to be called a key member, because that was the 61st person in the coalition who resigned. And in addition to that, the coalition is uh, has been formed and continues to exist uh, with Arab representation. Uh, what are your thoughts about this very, very shaky, what seems to be shaky coalition in Jerusalem? Well, I think the coalition is a tool uh, to govern. And unfortunately, uh, I don't think today we have law and order in the streets of Israel. People are terrified because of the last uh, wave of terror. And unfortunately, the government is not capable of, of restoring the deterrence. Uh, you know, with uh, the Arab party in coalition, uh, it's very hard. You know, I, I was in Jerusalem in Passover, 
and uh, almost every day you had riots on Temple Mount. And I asked myself why the police is not actually taking the actions they should. And the answer was, Ahum, because, you know, you have uh, this Arab party, Ram, in the coalition, and uh, any minute, any MK can vote against the coalition. So it's impossible, you know, uh, and uh, I hope, you know, for the for the sake of the future of Israel, that there will be a new government, either within this Knesset, or uh, unfortunately we will have to go for another election and to form a new government. And But as long as these numbers continue to, you know, to be... Uh uh, relatively equal on you know on on both or multiple sides depending on how you look at it. Uh, meaning, if 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 government is being formed in Israel, and we've seen this now so many times in the last few years, uh, with 60, 61, 62 votes uh, or mandates, and and those and some of those mandates are either questionable or weak. Again, you know, the Arab Party is one example of that. Uh, is it even possible to move forward with a strong government? And and is it only a strong government that could prevent these terror waves? Because you have to remember, we've had strong governments in the past, and we've still had terror waves that were unable to be controlled. Uh, is that the first step to try to control them? Well, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, we have to take actions. Uh, I agree with you about the past that, you know, uh, also when we were in power of the Likud, we didn't do enough. Uh, but now, uh, when I see uh, Mansour Abbas and his colleagues, you know, when they threaten uh, the government, you know, take for example when uh, the issue of uh, Arabite again, they they announce that they will not take part in any votes in the coalition. So I, I think it's very hard for this current government uh, to take the necessary actions. Uh, I I hope they will. Uh, they have to. They should do. But if they cannot govern, they cannot secure what's happening. I think they should uh, themselves declare elections and allow the public to decide how to continue. Uh, yeah, I hear that. Um, as you watch, uh, let me ask you this, as you watch what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine, I wonder if you pine for the days at the UN, and if, if you wonder how things would be, uh, and if you wonder you know, what it would be like uh, to be a, um, uh, the ambassador uh, during this time. Uh, I am getting the feeling that Israel is taking risks in exposing who they would prefer to be winning the Russia-Ukraine war. Do you think that Israel should have played down their role in that conflict a little bit more than they have? I think in general we made mistakes. You know, we should have spoken less and do more and, and support the Ukrainian people and send them more humanitarian help than we did. Uh, unfortunately, we, we spoke too much. You know, Prime Minister Bennett flew to Moscow on a Shabbat. It was a, a big, big uh, dramatic moment trying to actually uh, negotiate. Uh, and we made too many headlines by, by the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Lapid, with inexperience about those issues. So I think that there were mistakes done. I think what we should do is uh, play low-key. You know, we voted against uh, Russia at the UN. That was the right moral decision. Right. But we should support the Ukrainian people without creating international headlines. What do you think of the statements by the foreign minister of Russia? Uh, that's, uh, you know, I was shocked. I know Mr. Lavrov, I met him many times. He's very intelligent. He knows the history. He knows better. Uh, I was shocked to, to hear about the, you know, equation to the Holocaust, uh, uh, naming uh, Hitler as a Jew, you know, uh, outrageous. And what do you think of what do you think in general of uh, Zelensky's leadership? Are you shocked by uh, what he's been able to galvanize over there in the Ukraine? You know, I, I know the Ukrainian people are very strong people, very proud. 
and and I think that they, they they prove that you know things change in the world. You know when when you think about the past about you know Russia uh, today you have different uh, reality in many many places around the world uh, and not many people are aware of that. So I think it's not only Ukraine. You have other players in the former Soviet Union who became independent and today they are very strong and, and proud uh, proud nations. You know, you serve as chairman of World Likud. Is, is the Likud party a strong party right now? How would you describe it? Yes, uh, you know, I think not only the Likud uh, is strong, we, we know that the national camp is getting stronger. We, see, we do polls and we see that, you know, we have a lot of support. But unfortunately, you know, today uh, we, don't, we are not in power. So I think we need to find a way to take the, the support we have in the public and actually transform it into a into the ability to form a government. That will be the challenge of the Likud in the new elections. And um, that, w- if it happened today, if there was an election today, what you just described would happen or would not happen? Well, I, I know that we will get a, a, a lot of votes. So the Likud will become the uh, stronger than today. For sure, will be the, the, the loudest party in the Knesset. But still, I think it's going to be challenging to form a coalition you know, we, we know that you have some political actors who are not willing to, to work with former Prime Minister Netanyahu. So right. that will still be a challenge. Yeah, it's interesting to watch how the Prime Minister, or the former Prime Minister Netanyahu, continues to, um, uh, continues to uh, uh, attract a lot of attention. It seems he still has a lot of power. And that he's, I guess, essentially the man to beat, right? I mean, it, it, it's it's amazing to watch. He he has served longer or more days than any other prime minister in the history of the state of Israel. He doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Yeah, he's very determined. You know, we have to remember that also he's in court now almost right. every day. You know, fighting three indictments. Uh, but he's a strong leader, and um, I hope that we'll be in a position to go back to power. Uh, Ambassador Danny Danone, the book is called In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. Get it, everybody. It's a really amazing inside look at uh, the United Nations and uh, Ambassador Danone's very positive um, um, uh, discussion in the book about advocacy and uh, fighting for Israel and being proud to be Jewish and to be representing Israel. It's really a, uh, a very important work. Um, you see what's happening here in the United States. Uh, in fact, I was always amazed, frankly, knowing your background about just how familiar you were and how well you fit in to the New York scene. Because on paper, based on your background, it, 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 it you know, it, it might, it may have been very difficult for someone like yourself, uh, to, to fit into the big city New York scene. And it seems you did it really well. So you're really familiar with what's going on in this city and in this country. Um, if, if, if someone were to ask you about the future of the Jewish community in the United States, what approach would you use? Would you tell people the future of the Jewish people is exclusively in the state of Israel? Would you tell them there is hope in this country? You've seen what's happened over the last few years, and you see the uh, attitude toward the Jewish community, uh, both on a micro level and a macro level. What would you tell people about the Jewish community in the United States? So, you know, I was uh, honored and had the privilege to live with my family for five years uh, in, in the city of New York, you know, getting to know the, the Jewish communities. I was very involved in the past, but it's different when you, you send the two kids to a, to a Jewish school or they go to Jewish summer camps and, and you learn about the strength of the community. So I'm also optimistic about the future of the Jewish communities. One thing I think we should work harder is strengthen the connection between, 
you know, the, the next generation, Israelis uh, and American Jews who live here uh, and make a, a stronger connection. You know, I look at my, my kids, you know, they have friends now from all over the U.S. and Canada, and I'm proud of that. I think it's the greatest thing for them, and I, I wish that we can expose more kids, both in Israel and here in the U.S., uh, to one each other in order for them to, to make friends and understand that we have a, a one, one uh, future and we have to work on this future together. Well, if we have a future here in the United States, it's only because we have a strong Israel. That's always been my opinion and my perspective on this. And um, that's another reason why a strong Israel is so vital and important. Uh, by the way, in your, in your tenure as uh, UN ambassador... Uh, ambassador of Israel to the United Nations. Uh, did you did you gain a great appreciation for people like uh, Abba Eben and uh, Senator Moynihan? Uh, absolutely, no. I, I learned a lot about them, and I I got the inspiration to, for my speeches many times from them. And and I think we you know you realize that you know to build what we built in short seventy four years, uh, each one of us is doing his part. So yes. you know when I decided to bring Jewish tradition and the Bible into the discussion at the UN. That was something new. Uh, and I thought to myself, it's not only important for this moment. You know, because the future, people will, will watch those speeches. You know, one of the speeches was the Bible speech, which I speak about it. Uh, at the book, I read about it. I heard about it. Yep. You know, it became viral because they put a yamaka and I read from the Bible yep. about the, the rights of, of, to the land. Uh, and my colleagues in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs were shocked. They told me, Danny, we don't bring religion into diplomacy. And I tell them that's your uh, approach, my approach, that we have to start with, with the basic uh, rights, uh, and then we can speak about uh, legal rights and international rights. One of the reasons it's so great to read this book, Ambassador Danone, is because of how proud you made us with moments like you just described, which are historic moments that many will talk about for generations, and uh, for the way you represented us uh, in, the, in the United Nations and the way you represent us in general. And uh, all that is greatly appreciated, as you know. Uh, congratulations on the book. I assume it's available everywhere, right, at this point? <laughs> yeah, it's already number one on, uh, on Amazon uh, bestseller list, and uh, I'm, I'm sure people will be excited to, to read it, and they can, it's, it came out yesterday, and I'm sure people will enjoy the read. Hey, how happy are you to hear that the parade is back in New York City this coming Sunday after three years? That's great. You know, I was, I was very happy to see you uh, as an integral part of the parade, Nahum. I appreciate that very much. We hope to be there again this Sunday. A little rusty, of course. It's been three years, but please, God, we'll be on Fifth Avenue. Ambassador Danone Mazaltov on the book. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate Thank all the time. Thank you very much, Nahum. Bye-bye. Continued success, and uh, thanks for joining us. There he is, Ambassador Danny Danone. The book is called In the Lion's Den, Israel and the World. It's a good one. It's really a good one. If you if you appreciate modern Jewish history, you'll love the book. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at NahumSegal.com and the NahumSegal Network. And, of course, any beloved NSN app. That was my conversation with Ambassador Danny Danone about his brand new book. Avi Abelo, CEO of 12 Tribe Films, explained why his company and foundation are so vital for Hasbara for getting the proper word out about Israel. Avi Abelow, CEO of 12 Tribe Films Limited. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Well, uh, there are a lot of great causes out there, as you know, and our friends at 12 Tribe Films Foundation uh, are involved in a fundraising campaign to keep them going, and we are 100% behind them. Our good friend uh, Avi Abelow is the CEO of a 12 Tribes Film. 
Uh, they have a cause match campaign. We'll give you the um, we'll give you the link, etc. And they're in the midst of this very worthwhile um, a fundraiser. And uh, we've invited Avi Abelow on to describe the work that the Twelve Tribes film is doing and how important that work is during these interesting times of 2022. Avi Abelow from Israel, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. It is always a pleasure being with you, Nachum. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful to have you, and it's wonderful to promote this cause because you're doing a tremendous amount when it comes to Hasbara, a tremendous amount to um, uh, to quell some of the things that are uh, uh, that are said and written and filmed and uh, and um, uh, spoken about Israel that need to be um, uh, that need to be. Um, taken on that need to be uh, responded to let's put it that way why don't you describe for our audience how 12 tribes films helps to dispel lies and myths that are spewed against the jewish people and israel and just to have people understand like i started out as a management consultant working in manhattan i had no background in nonprofit, no part background in marketing and videos and, 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 and online stuff. I just fell into this because if you remember, I was on your show a good, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years ago with my movie Home Game. Right. About the last basketball tournament in Gush Katif, like making that movie to get the truth out there that that the media, the Jewish media, the Israeli media, and the Jewish leadership weren't even telling the story of our brothers and sisters in Gush Katif properly. And I said, I have to make this movie, even though I have no background whatsoever in movie making. And since then, that was 2005, I just left my management consulting career and went into online videos and movies for the Jewish people and of Israel. And I think what makes me unique, Nahum, and our work at the, my main program is the Pulse of Israel. Anyone can go to pulseofisrael.com. I give the politically incorrect truth about our situation that people are afraid to say. Israeli politicians are afraid to say it. Jewish leaders are afraid to say it. Unfortunately, many of our own rabbis are afraid to say it. And we are drowning in political correctness that is eating up the Jewish people, not just Israel. I'll give you one very, I'll give you a few of the politically incorrect truths that I say to try to inspire Jews to wake up so we can, uh, so, so we can take a, 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 be inspired about moving forward with our future, right? Based on reality and truth. Number one, I don't know how many people think of it this way, but they should. The whole clause called Palestine is the biggest anti-Semitic movement in a global scale ever in Jewish history. How many people say that? (laughs) The fact that Jews in New York, right? The fact that Jews in New York or Los Angeles or London or Paris are attacked because of the fake cause called Palestine, whether it's by uh, an Arab Muslim supporter of that cause or whether someone else who's not even an Arab Muslim supporter or not a non-Muslim who's attacking Jews. College campuses in America today are, are, are not safe. They're not safe for many Jews, whether to, to obviously have a, uh, an Israeli flag out, to have a Star of David at Magin David being worn. Why? Because again, that's anti-Semitism. Where are leaders calling out that this whole cause called Palestine is the biggest anti-Semitic movement ever and ever in all of our history? 
How are Jews supposed to stand up for themselves if they're not able to define what the enemy is? Who the enemy is? And so many of our own Jews, even our, listen, I have my, I have my beef with, with even Jewish education today, because I know of many schools, even modern Orthodox schools now, that they teach the narrative of the Nakba. Excuse me? Why are Jewish schools, especially religious schools, who understand, who's probably supposed to understand history, not that is the biggest lie of them all. They attacked us. They lost. We have to apologize and, ex- and explain what, their, the, the, the sadness of them losing their homes because we succeeded miraculously with a Kaddish Baruch who's helped in stopping them from throwing all the Jews into the sea in 1948? Where are the Jewish educators? Why are we educating our kids? Their narrative is a narrative based on lies. So how does your so how does your how does your foundation combat those lies? What are the ways that what are the practical ways and methods uh, that you utilize in order to uh, dispel these myths? Listen, basically we're online. We make videos every day. Again, every day I'm either making a video about current events to help people understand what's going on, and then but then give them the tools and the optimism uh, to to move forward. Um, uh, it, daily videos, daily social media. We have a growing email list, and uh, by speaking engagements, it's just one Jew at a time, waking them up with the, in, the politically incorrect, truthful information that unfortunately is not being given to us anywhere, anywhere in our Jewish, Israeli, organizational world, media world, etc. Um, so, first of all, anyone could go to pulseofisrael.com and just sign up, and if they're interested in finally getting a perspective of this politically incorrect truth about our reality as the Jewish people, the land of Israel, um, and everything going on in the world today, then uh, please sign up for the, for the newsletter on PulseOfIsrael.com. You know, it's funny. We always talk about losing the PR war, and we speak about the, um, you know, the difficulties, as you just described it, uh, when uh, the episodes happen and history is analyzed and, 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 and the PR seems to, you know, not go our way. But you just raised such an important point that, <laughs> that I never considered. If you don't know what the battle is, if you don't know what the, what the reality is and the truth is, if you don't know um, how the enemy has distorted the real truth, truth the real history etc then it's very hard to fight a pr war and be successful at it you need to have those tools first before you go to war oh totally totally impossible that's why that's why we lose listen we just experienced two huge blood libels and it's the jewish people it's not just israel and i and i and I, I, I can't i want jews to wake up Israel is our future. Israel is our internal ancestral homeland. There's so much beauty. There's so much, there's so much good here. And I, I, Kaddish Baruch Hu is looking out for us. We are a walking miracle. We shouldn't be here at all. We're only here because of Kaddish Baruch Hu, right? Let's put that hands down. Right. But we have to call out what's going on. What are the two blood libels we just experienced? Pesach. Pesach. All of the Muslim violence on our holiest site, on the Temple Mount. What were the, what were the news reports talking about? Oh, we provoked it. Some Jews bringing up goats provoked it. Excuse me if I laugh, right? First of all, they stopped whatever Jews were going up to, to, to bring up a, a goat. And even if a Jew was succeeding bringing up a goat, that, that is a provocation to provoke the Arabs to using Muslims? It was a total, it's a total blood libel. They were preparing to, to use violence against us by every night, filling up the Harabites, desecrating our holiest site, and not as many Jews really feel the, the, the deep sense of pain and sadness that that our holiest site, right? Everyone says, oh, it's Muslim's third holiest site. But it's the Jews' first holiest site. Where are Jews? 
upset about the desecration of our holiest site. Pesach is all about visiting Harabayit. Where are we? We're, we're, we're nowhere. We should, we should be learning and respecting the Muslims because they respect their holy site, in essence, their third holiest site. But where are we? Where's our sadness? But that was a total blood libel. Where are we? Why are we talking about this? Harabayit is the center of Shlosh and then this, and this blood libel, and then this Al Jazeera journalist, so-called journalist propagandist, her death, by, we don't know who killed her, right? But it doesn't make a difference. We're just trying to do the best we can to defend ourselves. She embedded herself to terrorists. We don't know who killed her. Palestinian Authority is not giving over the bullets so we can prove who killed her. But we're losing the PR battle because we're always on the defensive. Instead of saying, guys, this is our homeland. That's a blood libel. We're doing what we can to protect ourselves. The Arab Muslims who live in the middle, in, in the land of Israel, are the most blessed Arab Muslims of the whole Middle East. Because if you're a Shiite living in a Sunni country, you're persecuted by by the Sunnis. If you're a Sunni living in a Shiite country, you're persecuted by the Shiites. If you're a woman, you don't have equality or freedom. And no matter who you are as an Arab Muslim, you have freedom and equality in the Jewish state of Israel. Where is the offensive in our PR war from all of our leadership? It's nowhere to be found. Because we're always playing the defenses and, and missing the MS, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's MS, that helps us really to stand on our feet, be proud Jews, allow our kids on college campuses to be proud Jews and stand up for themselves. And that's the voice I'm trying to provide, that I want more and more Jewish organizations and rabbis and leaders to join me. So I'm not one of the only, only ones doing it. And I invite anyone who wants more information on how to do it or what are the talking points reach out to me, reach out to me on my website, pulseofvigil.com. The future for Ani Show is bright, and I'm trying to wake up as many Jews as possible day by day with the politically incorrect truth that is not being said by hardly anyone else. When you donate to the 12 Tribe Films Foundation, you give Avi Abelo and his team of educators the resources to do what they do best, exposing the lies being told about Israel that are spread within the media. Uh, how do they do this? They report the politically incorrect truth, as you heard Avi say, ignored by all the rest. And your generosity keeps it going on a daily basis. And now they are in the midst of their campaign. It's a cause match campaign, which you could reach by going to c.match.me slash 12 TTF. Again, that's a cause match. cmatch.me um, slash 12 Am I right, Avi, that it's TTF? Would that be correct? Uh, yes. 12 Tribe Films, TTF. There you go. And anyone who wants more information, con- you can contact me via my website, pulseofisrael.com, or my, via my email address. It's avi at the number 12, then tribefilms.org, or on Facebook, or on Twitter, or on Instagram with my name. Reach out to me any way I could be of assistance and help you with your communities, your schools, your organizations. Bismcha. I'm here to help bring the Geula via the truth and deepening uh, everyone's emunah and Akadosh Baruch with the with the truth. How is um, how's the campaign doing so far? Baruch Hashem, we just launched. We're around 16% the way we want to go. And Be'ezrat uh, Hashem, we're reaching out in different ways to find those people who understand how important it is to, 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 to save our next generation of Jews and not be lost in the, in the sea of political correctness that is just 
eating eating our next generation away and many of our own. Are you sometimes surprised that uh, the reaction you get to what you're what you're doing a positive reaction from the non-Jewish world from people outside of our community? Not at all, and I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of what I do, I connect not just talking. I I, I say how a strong Israel is necessary to save the freedom-loving world. It's not just about the... We are the canary in the coal mine. Anyone who understands Jewish history, world history, the Jews are the canary in the coal mine. And my message to non-Jews, no matter where they are, especially Americans, because there are a lot of Americans who follow me, is that if you want to save America, <laughs> then you have to support Israel. You have to stand by Israel. And, uh, and a lot of the cultural changes and challenges that are experiencing, uh, Americans are experiencing, Israel is experiencing challenges with, with justice systems, challenges with, the, with, again, the whole progressive, what I really call the regressive movement, overtaking our education systems, overtaking our justice systems, overtaking our universities. We're dealing with the same challenges. So I try to be a sane, proud Judean voice in our indigenous home that not only gives over what happens in Israel for people to connect and understand what's happening to the Jewish people in Israel, but so they better understand what they're going through as well, because it's the same challenges, just different places, different names, et cetera, et cetera. Understood. And you're doing a good job at it. Well, I knew I got it wrong, and I'm glad that I have a chance to redeem myself here. Uh, those of you who are um, uh, anxious to support the work of Avi Abelow and 12 Tribe Films Foundation, Pulse of Israel, etc., uh, you can amplify the truth about Israel and fortify the front line of the freedom-loving world, as Avi just described, in this Cause Match campaign. It's cmatch.me slash 12, and then it's TFF. It's TFF for... for um, a tribe Film Foundation. That's how it goes. So it's TFF, not, not what I said earlier. And everybody can go. You'll see that now they have reached, in fact, uh, just over 16% of their goal. They have a uh, a great goal set. They have two days left to, to get it. And I hope that everybody will support the cause and allow Avi Abelo and his staff to continue to spread the truth. It's not a popular uh, position to be in, to be somebody who's uh, uh, trying to spread the truth, and they need all the encouragement and all the support they can get, including our financial support. So cmatch.me slash 12TFF. Uh, that's the number 12TFF. Uh, and, of course, if you go to Cause Match, you could just uh, search 12 Tribe Films Foundation or Pulse of Israel, and you'll be able to... Um, uh, to contribute and to support the uh, the work that's being done. Uh, you know, it's funny. This is a war that's being fought uh, in a very subtle manner, obviously without uh, what we would could call conventional weapons. And yet, obviously, it's one of the most important wars we can fight. It's one of the most difficult wars to fight, frankly. And one has to really be equipped well in order to do it. Uh, but it's uh, it's certainly one of the most uh, important fights that uh, that exist out there for our people. 100%, Ben Nachum, thank you so much uh, for for having me. And to just end on that point, I actually I speak to youth groups a lot, and I just spoke to a, a youth group the other day, and I, they, I always have teenagers come up to me afterwards, and I, and I basically, I, I shock them, because all, I'm politically incorrect, and I'm telling them the truth, and I'm using logic and common sense, and I tell them not to believe the media, see their own, their own minds and common sense to figure things through. And then they come up and ask me, they say, when I go to college campus, what can I do to help Israel? And my message is, very simple. I said, listen, you, you can't help Israel. When you're on college campus and you're being attacked, you're being attacked for being a Jew. By standing up for Israel, to your Jewish identity and being a role model to all the other Jews around you who are also being attacked. Israel will do fine with whatever you do or don't do on college campus, but 
get on top of understanding your Jewish history, your Bible, Israeli modern history. Use your own common sense to figure things out. And when you're standing up for Israel on college, on college campus, you're holding and saving your own Jewish identity. And that's the most important message to really get out there for all for all the youth, especially those in high schools and about to go to college. No question about it. Uh, cmatch.me slash 12TFF. That's cmatch.me slash 12TFF. The goal is to get uh, the 12 Tribes Film Foundation to its goal. Everybody out there, if you want to contribute to a great cause, here's yet another one that we've brought to your attention. Avi Abelow is the CEO of 12 Tribes Film Foundation. Avi, good luck with the campaign. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Nachov. Kultuv. Kultuv is right. More coming up. You're listening to a, a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. We're in our Sphere of Format, and uh, we continue uh, here at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Avi Abelo. Thanks so much for tuning in to JM Rewind. Pull any more coming up if you keep it here at the Nachum Siegel Network.